society. That's uh, the theme for today. And we're asking you how far are we as a country in achieving this and why. So we talk further about this issue uh, the Institute for Justice and Reconciliation saying that South Africans should not take the National Day of Reconciliation as lightly as they do. The organization, which is involved in researching matters around reconciliation, says an atmosphere needs to be created that will allow people to contribute as equals in society. We on the line to the organization's executive director, Stan Henkerman. A very good uh, afternoon to you and thank you so much for speaking to us. Good afternoon, Patricia. Thank you so much for having me. So, what do you mean South Africans should take this day seriously? Um, what is it that makes you believe as an organization that we're not? So, um, our research shows, and we bring up the South African Reconciliation Barometer every year, and it shows year after year the same thing, that um, we, you know, people don't feel that we've made enough progress Yes, maybe at, in workplaces, at schools and universities and so on, uh, where integration is forced, there we get along quite well. But in our private time, we still um, socialize in our narrow groups and so forth. And so, and so what, that, what that means is that, um, you know, the, the advantages and the positive uh, spin-offs of, of, of networking and things like that, does not uh, spill over to to to, the, to those people who need it more. That's the one thing that our research shows. But I think common sense also tells us that that um, you know we have used measurements um, and indicators that are quite shallow when we look at reconciliation. You know, we we think that reconciliation is when people are nice to each other. Um, reconciliation is when we can come together as a country during the Rugby World Cup or FIFA. Uh, 2010, um, I think these are very, very shallow indicators of reconciliation. Mm. It does, you know, because after those events, we just go back to our old habits. And in fact, I would argue that since those events, we we've had more pronounced uh, um, um, utterings and and and, and um, occurrences of racism and so on. And so that's that's the one thing that that we mean when we say that. We, we need to take it more seriously. Because, but does it, is, um, is the problem also not the fact that um, uh, there, there isn't much consensus on what has happened in this country, um, what needs to be apologized for, and who needs to apologize for it? I mean, you hear people say, well, I had nothing to do about it. I wasn't even yeah. born during that time. Yeah. Yeah, so that that is is quite quite a challenge because, you know, on one level, um, I suppose people are right, but our argument is simply this: you know, the fact that you have been born in a particular family, the fact that you have been born with a white skin, has not just in the past but even in the present, has given you yeah. an advantage that other South Africans do not have. And all we're saying is, you know. Uh, start by acknowledging that, you know, your white skin gives you a higher um, social uh, competency or uh, higher social standing. Uh, just acknowledge that you have been given privileges, not because you wanted it, 
but because of a past that none of us uh, of, of this generation, especially young people, have anything to do with. Just acknowledge that. And in that acknowledgement then say, so if I'm so far ahead of somebody else, you know, shouldn't I then at the very least understand why they are angry, mm. understand why they, they, they are asking for things that is natural and that comes uh, naturally to me. I remember reading uh, an article about somebody who started a blog to talk about white privilege. And this person was saying that uh, she felt that it's very important that white people as a collective come together and start talking about um, white privilege uh, honestly and earnestly. The, The problem, though, is that there is just so much anger in this country that it impedes a national dialogue. It does. It does, and 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 I think it's 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 because we are not prepared to have um, these simple conversations. And I think it, you know, let's let's talk about white privilege. You know, it it doesn't make sense for me as a black person to shout at a white person about their privilege. I think that conversation needs to happen within the white community. But what we have seen is that where people have done this. You know, I'm thinking of a number of years ago of Professor Samantha um, um, uh, Weiss, I think, who, who, who spoke about this thing, and she was completely vilified. And I think that mm-hmm. is, is a big impediment, the unwillingness of white people to, at, at the very least, acknowledge white privilege. Once you can have that conversation, then we have broken a big, big stumbling block. Um, and, and, and I think the, the the onus, the onus has to be on white people to also come to the party. You cannot have Reconciliation Day every year with black people uh, celebrating Reconciliation. That is untenable, and the sooner we realize that it is not going to hold, and we look at our young people and we can see that they are not prepared to play for the gallery anymore, they want to be on the field, and they want to be part of the, of, of the action. Um, and so, uh, you know, acknowledgement of white privilege it must be the starting point and we can't do it for them white people have to do it among themselves and i know they don't like hearing this i know they react uh, uh, violently sometimes you know uh, in the way they abuse us and, and so forth but you know you can't get away from that from that uh, but, but there's also mr henkelman there's also uh, you know a, a a subject that people really get riled. In fact, they get very angry. Um, if somebody, I mean, there's been this question of black people being racist, but uh, on an academic level, it's said that, you know, a subjugated people cannot be racist, that black people can be prejudiced, but they can't be racist. But that ideology is vehemently rejected. You know, and again, and again, it, you know, that's, that's how, how power works, I guess. You know, if you, if you have a monopoly over, over theories and things and suddenly it is being challenged, you know, you're going to fight vehemently against it. And, and I think, you know, again, it's, it's, it, you know, it's important for, 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 for all of us to have this conversation because, you know, the, if we can continue to shout at each other from different camps, then 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 it's not going to help. What what a good positive dialogue will do is to take us beyond that that battlefield and 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 a place where we can can say that let uh, let us honestly put 
our cards on the table. Mm. And and for, for in, and on this reconciliation day, reconciliation day, it has to be about how do we make this a more equal society? How do we reduce levels of poverty? Um, those are the things that, that will make people feel that you are being recon- reconciled. You cannot eat reconciliation, you, but you can eat better if, if your poverty levels are reduced. Okay. You can eat better if, if, if an inequality is seriously being addressed. And so it has to be about the bread and butter issues and not about the debate. Reconciliation, though, also is a two-way street. And by that I mean that uh, black people also have to reconcile their past and shackle the minds. But they also have to start having a conversation about what their responsibility is in reconciling uh, with their oppressors. So what are the responsibilities I think the first the first thing that, that black people need to do is to is to stand up and straighten their backs and to say that um, it's important that we recognize what happened in the past but this is a free country and we need to live like people in a free country you know we must stop lamenting the fact that white people are doing this to us or they're not doing this to us we need to stand up and hold, number one, our leaders to account and to say, this is a free country. We want to reap the benefits of that freedom, not just politically, but also economically. And I'm beginning to see positive signs that people are standing up and saying, um, not anymore. We are not prepared to take this anymore. And I think uh, if, one, if one looks at the way um, our youth has been standing up and, and saying, Let's decolonize. Let's go back to the root of the problem. And this is positive uh, for black people because we need to straighten our backs. Because if our backs are bent, that's when you can be beaten. That's when, you, that's when the abuse can continue. And then, and then amongst ourselves, amongst ourselves, we need to live out these values of freedom. We need to live out the values of the South African Constitution that says, that this country belongs to all who live in it. And for too long, we are divided, divided amongst ourselves about who's more important than, you know, than who. And, and marginalizing each other actually just plays into the hands of those who, who don't want to see reconciliation happen. Um, and, and look, where is it that we are destroying each other? It's in our townships. It's, it's, it's on the Cape Flats in these communities. These are the people that have been brutalized and now we're brutalizing each other. So reconciliation also needs to happen amongst us mm. uh, so, that, so, that, so that we know what we want as a collective. Um, and, and, and because at the moment what that does is that it allows a few individuals to, to, to get rich out of reconciliation, a few individuals to benefit, um, and, and, and that, that is completely untenable. Our future um, looks bleak if this, if this situation continues. Stan Hankman, thank you very much. Uh, he's executive director of uh, the uh, Institute of...